This program is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease or disorder. The listener is encouraged to seek sound medical advice from their doctor or other qualified healthcare practitioner before taking any supplements or starting a new health regimen. Welcome back to the weekly Nutrition Heretic Podcast. I'm Jim Ducharme, your co-host, and here's Adrian Hugh. Yes, I was waiting for that. Thank you, Jim. I know. So excited to be here. This <laughs> has been her thing. You get you gave me that 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 awesome introduction. Thank you. Well, she at least you haven't asked me to do like, hey now. Yeah, I'm not even sure what that is. You brought that up before, and I. It's from the Gary Shandling show. Ah, uh, I never watched it. Oh, I, I, I just saw to, one or two episodes. It was my favorite bizarre. I mean, it was just. I think wry humor would probably be the way to describe it. It was my favorite opening segment for a show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was an it, it was some interesting. Um, I, and I mean, I think it was one of the first you know forerunners forerunners of you know the cable TV onslaught of you know um, niche comedy. Right, right. In many ways. And, and sp- speaking of niches, you you were telling me before we went on air that you you wanted to talk about funeral food. Yes, funeral food. Have you ever been now? I don't know if this is something particular to black churches or if it's all churches, but I've been to a lot of funerals. Actually, I've been to funerals for everybody. And pretty much every funeral has some of the most horrible <laughs> food you could possibly imagine. Well, the and all I, every time I go to a funeral, all I can think is if the person go in the ground, cremated, whatever, if they weren't already dead, the food would have killed them. <laughs> but it's the only place I can get real good deviled eggs. Which is kind of uh, ironic, considering it's a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I don't know who died. Um, but uh, seriously, it's, it's, it's really depressing. Every time I go to a funeral, I think, my gosh, I hope that my send-off is better than this. I, no offense. I, I know that people, they, they're strapped for cash and stuff like that. But some of these places are, uh, I'm going to say a word that's going to be controversial, ghetto. <laughs> You know, the, the food is just, you can tell it's just, it's its swimming in vegetable oil and margarine, and it's got the white flour and sugar galore. It's, it's like the that, that tower of cakes in front of the diner. Uh, just some of the, the most horrid things I've seen at, uh, at funerals, and I think our loved ones deserve a better send-off than that. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't, but, but I don't know what it is, but it just, it's, it's always disturbed me to see what ends up being served to the guests at a funeral. And then I wonder how many heart attacks will ensue after eating that funeral food. You know, the irony in you here sermonizing about funeral food is really striking me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's like, I mean, it's just, is this, I thought this was a dead issue, but okay. <laughs> and it just may be. It just may be because Jim is doing his best to kill it as fast as he can. <laughs> and, and Jim's thinking, but I, I love funeral food. I, like you said, that's where you, that's the only place you can get your deviled eggs. I, yeah. I, you know, and I think there's two criteria for, you know, either a, a, a wake or a, you know, a f- funeral or whatever you're doing. And, and one is it's, it's easy 
And it's comfort food, you know? It's, it's... That's not comfort food, okay? <laughs> I talked to you about snacking before, and I'm telling you, nasty stuff is not comforting. <laughs> stuff that is just pure nastiness is not comforting. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I think that deviled eggs and, you know, it's... No, I, eggs. I have no problem with deviled eggs. Oh. I have to see a deviled egg at a funeral. I, I see like the really nasty, the, the, you know, Kraft mac and cheese kind of thing and, and the, the big, it's not so much that they're white bread rolls as much as they just like sugar rolls. Like there's like a ton of sugar at these things and uh, a ton of, uh, again, maybe it's, you know, more of the black community, the fried chicken and I, okay. Again, I love fried chicken, but not this stuff that just looks greasy. Like you could put it on a stack of newspaper and the whole stack would be soaked because of all the vegetable oils that have been soaked up in there. This is a little off topic, but we have a wonderful, in in the province where I live, we have a wonderful uh, Jamaican uh, uh, takeout food chain. Yeah, what do you know? (laughs) Yeah, what do I know? (laughs) They make the most incredible, I think it's oxtail gravy. Oh, I mean, oxtail soup. Mm. No, this is gravy. What, they just make gravy? It's a gravy, and it is, it's got, like, it tastes like there's cinnamon in there and all sorts of, like, it's just a unique, totally unique taste. I make an oxtail stew, and it usually has a lot of gravy, but I never served it just for the gravy, which I, I'm not opposed to that. I, it's just that they're, you know, I was going to say, their chicken is... Uh, I mean, it's it's quite delicious, but it's it's too it's too greasy even for me. Right, the, the fried chicken they they serve. I mean, yeah, and it's, this is one of the funny things though. Like like I said, I like a good fried chicken. There's a place in San Francisco they fry their chicken in tallow beef fat. It is the lightest and crispiest fried chicken in this world, and it's juicy as all get out. So tallow is good then. Oh yeah. Okay, you know, so, you know, so what's, is, why is, is tallow so much better? Is why is tallow so much better? Not like, uh, if you were watching me right now, I'm taking off my jacket because now we're getting real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tallow is saturated, all right? And now everybody's like, oh, saturated fat. I, I like to think of saturated fat as the other antioxidant. And the reason why I say that is because when it's saturated, it prevents the oil from oxidizing. The, the, un, the more unsaturated a fat is the more it oxidizes at high temperatures. So the good thing about tallow is besides the fact that it's got the perfect balance of um, omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids, it's also saturated so it doesn't cling to the food so much. So you get, even just if we're going on the, what I consider a kind of uh, mundane, boring, run-of-the-mill concept of calorie counting, if we're just even looking at calorie counting, you're absorbing a lot less of that fat into the crust of your chicken. You've got to try it at least once, then you'll see what I'm talking about. And Oh, and by the way, it gives you energy that you did not know you had. Really? Yes, and that's why back in the day, runners used to eat just like spoonfuls of lard and tallow before they would sprint. That seems counterintuitive, to be perfectly honest with you. It sounds that way to, to modern ears, but uh, traditionally that was, that was a big thing. I would say probably up until maybe the 70s. I, know, I knew runners and people who used to be runners, and some of them going forward into the 80s and 90s would say, oh, you wouldn't believe what they had us eating. But they were, they were healthier back then. Interesting. 
So it's it's so anyway so so yes beef tallow if it's fi- fried in tallow uh, the first time I fried chicken in tallow I was I was shocked because I was used to using I had been using uh, vegetable oils previously and you would just have to keep filling that fried chicken uh, you know the frying pan with the the vegetable oil and just filling it and filling it and filling it and you'd use a gallon just to make one chicken. And so when I used tallow, when I was done, I think I did two batches of chicken. And when I was done, I had just as much oil in the pan, or I should say fat in the pan as I did when I started. And here's an easy rhyme to remember that, folks. Just if it's, if it's fried in tallow, then it's hallow. Woohoo! See? <laughs> see how that worked? Yeah, we, I see how that worked. We just anyway, back it so easy. <laughs> I'm going to use this to segue into our guest for this week. <laughs> Now, yeah, now that Jim's killed off the conversation. Yeah, because you know, let's just move forward. Yeah, <laughs> Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. <laughs> I wanted to introduce our guest this week, Hilda Labrada-Gore. She is the host of the Weston A. Price Foundation's podcast and a fitness instructor with Body and Soul Fitness. Welcome, Hilda. Hi, Hilda. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And I, I am to talk to you. What do you think about funeral food? I agree with you 110%, Adrian. I think it is scary that that is in a church. A lot of times these services are held in churches, and the food that is served in churches, maybe they're trying to get people quicker to the afterlife. Big <laughs> money said, in <laughs> Really, it's abysmal, and I don't think. Uh, we are as concerned with caring for our bodies as the Lord would have us be. Right, right. And that's, and that, thank you, because that, that was actually part of what I was initially thinking, but I, I went off on a tangent. Uh, but yeah, when I, when I think about our, whatever faith we have, or even the lack of faith, I, I feel that no matter whether you're an atheist or you believe in, uh, in God, uh, there is a disconnect with our ancestry and the foods that we have decided to consume, or as I call them, the anti-foods, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's Christ and the Antichrist, and there's, there's foods and the anti-foods, and most of what's served in churches often falls into that anti-food category. And uh, my mom, when she was alive, she would fight with her, her people in her church because they would tout the, the skim milk and the egg white omelets and stuff. And my mom's like, you know, God never created a 1% cow. <laughs> why, why are we drinking 1% milk? Uh, so uh, you're absolutely right. I think that the, the churches uh, could uh, be a, a better vehicle for faith in what was put here for us to enjoy. If, if you come from the, the, the mindset that our creator put these various foods around us for our enjoyment and for, for our fulfillment and for our health, uh, that uh, this is a, a very overlooked area. I should warn I you too right now that I'm going to have very little to add to this conversation because while most people, their bodies are a temple, mine is a 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does it even go as as long as eleven? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It might not even be that good. <laughs> or are you just saying like seven in the morning to eleven in the morning? <laughs> that's that might be good too. Yeah, that might that's be it. awesome. Well, this is what I appreciate is that you are getting real. And Adrian was saying earlier, let's get real. And it seems to me people of 
faith, or even like you said, of, of no faith, Adrian, should be able to distinguish between what is real and what is false. But the problem is, you know, there is so much media around us, you know, promoting whatever, a perfume, a deodorant, that if you use it, you'll get sexy. And on some level, we think, oh, I know that's not true. But we go to the store and we still end up buying that perfume or deodorant, hoping it will work, you know. And so I think it's the same way. Like there are these amazing real foods out there that will nourish us, but we see an advertisement for a quick and easy convenient food either at a fast food restaurant or um, that you can pop in the oven and you don't have to labor over it. And so the church, just like everybody else, has kind of bought into that. And they're also looking at price, like how can we feed all these people as inexpensively as possible? And they've kind of bought the bill of goods that they have to go on a massive scale buying food that is not great quality. But, oh, well, people will just eat it and, you know, their stomachs will be filled, but it's not going to nourish. Right. Right. How do you think we can we can get faithful people to start taking this more seriously? What what where do you see the disconnect and what can we do to encourage people? It's okay. God said it was okay (laughs) to eat this food. (laughs) You know, he said it was beef was okay. Exactly. I think I just think there's actually a disconnect going on. I think people will people even of faith will go to church and that was Sunday morning and then the rest of the week is my own (laughs) you know and I'm going to spend my life how I'm going to do it and we kind of abuse our bodies and forget that you know God sees and we should take care of our bodies because they are a temple of the Holy Spirit that's what the Bible says so I feel like there's got to be more of kind of less compartmentalization and more unity in how we approach this life that God has given us. Oh, I, I like that uh, you talk about the unity because one of my questions was, you know, what is it that that uh, uh, makes religious people struggle with this one side of I've got faith in God, and then they've got this the 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 other side of nurturing and nourishing the, the temple, which too many people think is a building, but, but it's actually you, the vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, they don't see, they, they really don't see that connection. And, and even though I used my mom as an, ex- as an example of someone who would give her, uh, her fellow worshipers a, a hard time, uh, she would, she would resort to just kind of sitting in front of the TV and not doing anything if no one else would take a walk with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, and I would say to her, Mom, you know, God gave you this body. Use it. You've got it. Use it before you lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where, where, where do we, we uh, begin to, to bring that uh, to people? Now, I know that you're part of a fitness group called Body and Soul. Is, is that part of your mission at Body and Soul is to, to, to marry these two? Absolutely. That's a great question. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, as we were saying, they tend to compartmentalize. So they will, you know, work out and then they'll come home, but they're working out to music that, you know, is just all about, you know, 
I love me. I don't need anybody else. You know, there's a song <laughs> on the radio. I love me. You know, and so it's like you get all into that. And then you're coming home. Maybe your muscles are stronger, but your spirit is all about you. And so Body and Soul is a worldwide Christian fitness organization that is committed to strengthening people's bodies and their spirits. So when you work out in the Body and Soul program, it's so fun because the music is a message of encouragement and hope and faith and serving others. It's like a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's just amazing. I love it because I feel like I am, I've been to church almost, you know, while I'm working out, I'm not just thinking about how good I'm going to look, you know, when I wear my swimsuit in the spring, although I do hope I look good in my swimsuit, but I'm really, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, 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 exactly. I'm trying to get real. Um, But I also know that my spirit needs encouragement because I get discouraged with, you know, the day to day, some mundane things, some relational things, and I need those endorphins to kick in, but I also need my spirit to be encouraged. So every body and soul class actually begins with a time of prayer, uh, a very brief devotional just reminding us, hey, we're not here just for ourselves or for appearances. We are here to strengthen these bodies and strengthen our spirits. And then, boom, we get moving. And Body and Soul, Adrian, actually has five programs because people like variety nowadays and they want to get fit in their own way. So we've got a program called Boot Camp, Mm -hmm. which is really uh, intense and fun with all the burpees and the sprints and stair, you know, challenges and stuff. I love it so much. So there's boot camp. There is power strength, which is for the person that really just wants to tone and strengthen every little muscle on their body. And then there's cardio strength, which is a little more jumping around. There's dance blast for people who love to dance. And then there's a program called gold, even for those people like Jim, who are 7-Elevens. <laughs> even for those people, they can do um, Within their capabilities, gold is for people with limited mobility or, um, you know, an aging population. So you can work out your upper body as you're sitting in a chair. So there's a little bit of everything. And it's just, uh, I just love it so much. I've been doing it for like over 20 years and I feel half my age. I'm not going to say my age right now, but I feel half (laughs) of it. (laughs) That's great. So um, would you say that this is... You, you talk about starting with a devotional. What's the the rest of the workout like? Is that also? Is there something, uh, you know, more from the religious aspect uh, uh, infused there? What if, what about people of different faiths? Do where do they fit in? Is did you, or or you know, I guess would anybody feel like a fish out of water if they're not necessarily religious or they're Buddhist or or something else? Does it does it translate? Well, I tell you what. Yeah, that's a great question. I'll tell you what. Um, you can go to a yoga class and not be a Buddhist or <laughs> or a big fan of Eastern spirituality. It's the same with body and soul. One of my favorite students is an atheist, and, and she'll tell you straight up, I don't believe all this stuff. But she's there week after week because we have a sense of acceptance mm-hmm. and community. It's not just a gym class where you go in, you work out, and you don't know anybody's name. Right. We really lift each other up. So every class begins... I'm talking like a two-minute prayer, not a long thing. And then it's the music that is actually contemporary Christian music that has this message of faith and hope. It's Toby Mac. It's, um, you know, other artists, you know, Group One Crew who kind of have a nice beat to their music and motivating message. It's really, really fun. And then at the end of class, the teacher will usually um, just, you know, read some song lyrics and maybe a verse to go with it, and we close in prayer. But it really is a non non-judgmental zone. People come, there are no mirrors. (laughs) They come, like I said, not 
always for the spiritual component, but they come for the workout, which is tremendous. They come for the kind of friendly feel and the sense of family that develops over the years. It's really, it's a beautiful thing. And also just to be clear, this is not like a a chain, like, you know, gold gym or something. Um, Body and soul is led by people like you and me. So if, if people are people of faith and they go to a particular church and they're thinking, gosh, I want this at my church, they can have it there. Actually, that's something they can look into. They can just go to the body and soul org website check it out see if there's a class in hawaii in your community and if not you know there are ways to look into becoming an instructor but we don't have any overhead costs because we just work out in different churches and gyms so it's really it's a fun program so if you're already into fitness i would say you are all about the temple that's in great shape and you want to encourage other people to do the same you might look into becoming a body and soul instructor right right you know there's um so many things come to mind as you speak, and uh, one thing in particular you said early on is about nourishing this temple and and uh, uh, taking care of your body to make it stronger. Uh, and this is something that many people don't consider when they're talking about a better diet. For example, I I, I just reamed Jim earlier, you know, which I do, uh, but because <laughs> <laughs> that's my job. Uh, but you know, he he will say things to me like, "Oh, but it's so hard. I know you spend so much time in the kitchen. I can't do that, and most people don't have the time." And da-da-da. let me tell you, if somebody wants to make a seven layer cake, they will set aside the time. I have people all the time telling me, "Oh, I, I can't cook. I don't. I don't do this than that well." But they will spend three, four, five, ten hours preparing some some elaborate cake with number of layers and frosting and and piping stuff all over it. And I'm like, you know, I would rather just spend twenty minutes making fish with some greens and potatoes. Mm-hmm. And what people are overlooking is that the that little amount of time, first of all, there is the, the fact that they're lying because you know, they, they have the time. It's just that they choose not to want to cook a real meal. Uh, and, and a lot of these people, if they're not cooking all that stuff, they're sitting around watching TV. And guess what? They're watching cooking shows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Sometimes I yell to my husband in the other room, hey, come watch it live over here. <laughs> Uh, but the other thing is that when we eat better, we are more productive and we do our jobs better. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that you're, you, you have your regular nine to five, for example, my husband hardly ever misses work. I don't think he's ever missed. Maybe twice he missed work over something, you know, being sick, but it was more like food poisoning from eating at somebody else's house <laughs> or, or in a restaurant. Uh, but the amount of time that people save in the long run from not having to, for example, my kids are never sick. I don't have to run them to the doctor once a month or, uh, you know, get them shot up with this and cough medicine and wait on online at the pharmacy to pick up something like none of that stuff factors into my day mm-hmm. ever. My, my eldest is, is now 12. I think I had to get a prescription for her once uh, and you know, my other one, she, she's, she's like, she's such an old soul. She, she is, she's just like a, I could see her in a previous life. as just like a big burly Russian guy. <laughs> just, she's, she's not burly, but she's just, she's just indestructible. Oh my and, gosh, that's uh, awesome. and so when we, we look at it that way, 
uh, there, we're, we are saving time. We are taking care of, of business the way that we uh, should to some extent. Uh, but also if we believe, for example, if you are a faithful person and you believe that your mission in life is to spread God's word, how, how better can you do that than to, to look the part? <laughs> yeah, you need to be strong to do that. Otherwise, you're like too tired. You know, you're just going to lay around it thinking, I wish I could go, you know, take my neighbor some chicken soup, but I feel sick myself. So I'm not going to get up and do it. And but you hit the nail on the head, Adrian, when you said we have the time, I think it really is a matter of priorities, you know, and, and again, like you said, people of faith will carve out, say, a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. In the same way, they really need to carve out the time to take care of these bodies. We were charged with, you know, honoring God with our bodies. So we know it's, you know, something we want, we should want to do, I guess. And maybe it's hard to find out how to do it. But I I do think uh, people need to take the time to one way or another to move and then to nourish because a car without gasoline isn't going to go anywhere. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of movement. You know, I've been a body and soul instructor for years. I just love it. I, and I think it's fantastic, but I'm also a fan of putting the best fuel I can in my body so that I will be able to move. Right. So how has, um, how, where do you get your faith? What, what, uh, prompted your you, you to be so strong in your community and uh to have such a deep level of faith in god uh and how has that faith fueled your relationship uh i guess we've sort of talked about this but fueled your relationship with real food with fitness with taking care of your body Well, we were talking earlier about death, (laughs) and I think in some ways it's like I had a near-death experience, to Mm. be honest with you. This is what happened. Um, When I was not even born, I was in my mother's womb, she got the German measles. Ah. And when a pregnant woman is exposed to rubella, the German measles, even today, her baby is going to be born with a serious birth defect. They will be born deaf or dumb or blind. My sister said, you were born dumb. But anyway, <laughs> that's a little aside. Sister, hey, Jim, do you see what I did there? Yeah, I think I Jim see. would appreciate that. Oh, no, I'm, de- I'm, de- I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> no, but um, so thank God. I think, again, I didn't know it at the time, but my life was spared to a big degree. The only thing I was born with, the only defect I had was a small hole in my heart. And it was repaired by open heart surgery when I was nine. So when I was a little child and the doctors at NIH would be, you know, watching over me and seeing has the hole gotten any bigger between these lower two ventricles and a lot of time where my activity was limited. And I had to have a serious major open heart surgery when I was nine years old. So I was afraid and all these things pushed me to realize life is fragile. Mm -hmm. So that when, after they repaired my heart, I realized I want to take care of this body. I decided as a young person, I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do drugs. I wasn't even particularly religious at the time, but I thought I want to take care of this body that I have. And then I kind of had an experience that made me feel like the spiritual hole in my heart was also filled with faith. And so these two combined, you know, the spirit feeling nourished by faith and then my body being fixed and wanting to care for it combined to the person that I am today. I just really decided I want to 
dedicate my life to helping people grow in their faith and take care of their bodies at the same time. The funny thing is I, it's just been a blast the whole way through. I actually also lead music at my church. I have so much energy. I have many, many jobs, as you mentioned. Yeah, um, I lead music before. at my church. I'm a podcaster. You know, I'm doing this body and soul stuff. So it's great. But I can only do these things going back to square one because I am taking care of this body that God has given me. Right. Right. That's 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 fantastic. And and yes, and that's exactly where I was going with the, the previous comment about us being able to do our jobs better. Uh, people don't realize how much they have inside of them until they unleash their health. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it's uh, w- many of us are limping along in quite a bit of a haze and have no idea what is contained within us. It's it's a little like the like the a bomb, right? You know, we don't know what's in this molecule until we split it open and and let it uh, let it thrive. Yeah, Adrian, have you heard of a um, hundred days of real food? Sorry, what was the question? Have you heard of the blogger who started a website and a blog and everything called a hundred day a hundred days of real food? Yes, I have heard of that one. Because a friend of mine who's in Body and Soul decided to try that. And she's just like, oh, and this woman is like 30, you know, like she's, you know, just with a young mom with little kids. And and she does the Body and Soul. And I'm, I'm sure she eats fine or thought she did. But when she took on this challenge of eating real food, like what God has given us, you know, for a time, she said, I can't believe how good I feel. And I'm bringing this up because you said we live in a haze. I mean, here's a person who's exercising, yes. doing what she can to care for her family and herself. And she didn't realize how some of these processed foods are affecting her. And I, I guess one and, thing and you actually, were asking. I've, uh, on that, that blog, if the last time I looked at it, it seemed uh, like there was still quite a bit of processed stuff on there, but it was just a uh, little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, it, so. it wasn't the nachos necessarily, but it, to me, <laughs> it was so. it was uh, a, you know a lot of coupons going on. Let's just say. <laughs> oh no! Well, I'm not I'm not here to vouch for all that, but I was just trying to communicate. No, no, that no! I totally we, get it. I, I, I yeah. mean, it is it's a huge step up for for a lot of people. Mm. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. People don't realize what they're putting into themselves, and and sometimes they just look for that. Uh, they look for that organic label, for example, and think, oh, well, that's all I need mm-hmm. when it can go so much deeper. But I do feel like there are blinders on our eyes. You know, some spiritual people will see like, you know, the devil around every corner like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the devil made me cuss at my husband. No, actually, that was just you <laughs> <laughs> um, this morning. That was not the devil. But um, but they don't see the deceptive marketing tactics like I was talking about earlier about the processed foods. They, I have a friend who used to pray over any meal. didn't matter if it was McDonald's or whatever. And he would just pray. And he's like, you know, if I pray, it doesn't harm me. And I thought, hmm, I think there's a fallacy in logic here somehow. You know, yeah. there's still going to be a lot of processed gunk in there that if you really prayed that God would open your eyes you would see and you wouldn't choose that meal you know and i'm not i'm not trying to judge him but i just feel like we do have blinders on and we do need to ask god if we're people of faith to open our eyes to what's really the best for us yes you know this is perfect uh example of something i've been trying to to teach people uh because while i'm i'm not christian per se i mean i was raised in the christian uh uh, faith but uh i i've kind of embraced a more universal uh view of of god but in any case uh, a lot of times when people pray or they meditate they think that they're they're praying for 
the thing. You know, I'm going to get, I'm, you know, I'm going to manifest the money or I'm going to be <laughs> healthy. And it's really, show me the way. Mm. That's, the, that's the prayer. The prayer is show me the way, lead me to the steps that bring me closer to where I need to, to go, to where you want me to go, to what makes sense, to what will reveal the truth. Adrian, guess what? What? I feel like this just made me think this podcast episode may be an answer to someone's prayer. Like if they're listening right mm. now, I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah. If they're listening right now, this may be an eye-opening moment that they're like, oh my gosh, I never realized this. Right. Yeah. That's, that we, I think with both of our podcasts, that's what we hope for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is that we're, we're, we're one piece of the puzzle bringing people closer to uh to where they want to be to what they've been asking for and that's why it, it's like the what's the the one i wouldn't call it a parable but the the one little story about the the kid who who uh asks for i'm gonna tell it wrong forget it <laughs> no i know he asks for bread and, and jesus said you you wouldn't give him a stone if he asked you for bread Right. You know, so we do get what we're seeking. We do not in a weird manifesty way, but if we open our eyes, you know, we ask and we'll receive. So, so Jim, how are you feeling about this? Are you, are you receiving something right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Am I receiving something right now? Uh, nothing. I, I, not really. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I pretty much live by the, you know, by the idea that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there was when I grew up in Ottawa, there was a guy who had a billboard up and my my Catholic mother, who was very devout, hated it. And and I loved it because what it said on the billboard was faith without religion is what this sick world needs. And she interpreted that as being anti-religious. But what the man was really trying to say was, you know, the politics of religion is a problem. The first thing you have to work on is is your faith. Mm-hmm. And. You know, and I've, I've, I think it was one of the Kennedys who wrote a book not long ago where she was talking about that and saying how, you know, religion becoming so aggressively political uh, is undermining it. Absolutely. It's, it, it's power. The, the Pope pretty much came out and said that a few weeks ago. He's like, we're getting caught up in the politics. Let's focus on being good people. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, like, it, 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 look at. Christ. I mean, this was a guy who was pretty non-political, uh, mm-hmm. other than what applied to the teachings, you know, that he was conveying from his father. Um, you know, and I and I don't know if you if you I'm I'm certainly not um, educated enough in it to give an opinion on this. But the question you, you could ask the question: Was he a political activist at all? Um, and I'd love to hear someone more learned than me. Uh, you know, answer that question. Not necessarily here, but you know, sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking about what you were saying. Jesus actually was hardest on the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, I don't think he would have been offended by that billboard. Like he was hardest on the people who were making life difficult by putting their laws and judgment on people instead of drawing them closer to God with love and drawing them closer to one another. So, and that's kind of what I like about you too, Adrian. In our previous conversation, you were like, it's not about being like going back to the food and fitness thing. You know, it's not about being like stalwart, like must not let one grain of non-organic food enter my mouth. You know, it's not about that kind of rigid attitude. It's more about embracing and enjoying and 
I think faith is about that too. I mean, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. And mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for with the, the faith and the fitness and the food, like all those three things. Like, it's like, let's just really enjoy the gifts that are in this life. Right. Right. Yes. It's, it's uh, very true. And, and Jesus of course was uh, murdered for being a heretic. <laughs> true. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's true. interesting. It, you know, it's interesting that, that, you know, Hilda brought that up about the, you know, it was the the political leaders, you know, or the, you know, the religious leaders that he had the most problem with, the status quo. I think one of the candidates this week in the U.S. election was trying, trying to turn that on its head this week. And, you know, because of the whole, you know, establishment thing, anti-establishment thing they're, they're trying to portray themselves as, was, was saying the opposite. Oh, no, it wasn't the religious leaders or, you know, it was the politicians. Mm. Ah. And he was trying to make a real big reach up to, and I don't want to name the person because I might get it wrong, but this is actually someone who, you know, should know better. And he was trying to make a really big reach up to say, you know, that the, um, that it was the Romans, you know, the Romans, those politicians that did him in him. I think, you know, Hilda would agree, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I know my Bible well enough to know that the people who really betrayed him were the you know the, the the religious leaders of the time who viewed mm-hmm. him as a threat mm-hmm. it was it was certainly all politics but it was mostly within the church itself yes interesting yeah. good point so well thank you for that insight jim you can be you, deep when you want to be <laughs> uh, yeah at all other times i'm wearing a sign that says no diving this <laughs> end Uh, Hilda, uh, we're going to have to uh, wrap up soon. I wanted to uh, ask you to let people know a little bit about your podcast and how your podcast differs from our podcast. Well, I don't know, but your podcast is definitely a lot of fun, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun when um, I did it. It's, I, it's, it's not a, fun. <laughs> I'm it's here not a all week, tries the fish. That's right. I love it. I love it. Um, Our podcast is uh, all about education, I have to say, educating people, because really, when they have the information, it may help influence behavioral change. We really want people to be well. Um, It is called Wise Traditions. Our focus is on traditional cultures, food preparation and what they ate, because when we follow those examples, we are going to be the healthiest we can be. So it's wisdom from the past for optimal health today is kind of what we're shooting for. And the Weston A. Price Foundation is based on some research that a dentist did in the 1930s of the healthiest people groups all around the world. They ate a variety of different things. The people in Alaska ate you know, seal blubber and the people in Africa were drinking goat's blood and yet they all were well people and fertile and vibrant and robust and he found what they had in common. So people who follow these Weston Price nourishing traditions principles are just trying to eat very simply and naturally like that too and I found it to be really life-giving. So that's why I started the podcast with the help of the foundation and we're just going gangbusters like you guys. We do have that in common. (laughs) Yeah, And we started, I stumbled across you uh quite by accident uh maybe i think you started about two weeks after we did we started just before the holidays and i think you started the first of the year pretty much wow Uh, that's so so fun and i stumbled across you and then the next thing i know you're friending me on google and (laughs) and then you're reaching out to me and i'm like oh my gosh what's going on here so uh yeah so i was really excited to see that you've you've started this and uh yes you do provide in my opinion you do provide more of the 
I don't want to say more of the science side, but yes, uh, we uh, here, I think what we do is we go for some of the science, but we also try to penetrate for lack of a better word. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> we, try to, we try to look at the issues from uh, a perspective of what happens when people take the information and they go home mm. and they try to integrate like, why am I doing this again? Why does this work? Why? I noticed this, but nobody else ever supported me in it. So I, I we go after a little bit uh, more of those uh, questions that still linger in people's minds as to why did this work? Even though everybody's telling me that it's not the right thing to do. Well, that's fantastic. What I hope is people will learn from both of our podcasts, I right? And they'll absolutely. listen to ours and learn something from Joel Salatin or Sally Fallon Morell. And then they'll be like, oh, I'm going to listen to Adrian's to figure out how to apply this to my life. Right, exactly. So we're, we're, we're uh, straddle. I think we're, we're, we complement each other uh, well. So uh, for fitness and faith, go to bodyandsoul.org. That's right. And for your podcast, people can search Wise Traditions mm-hmm. on, on iTunes. Stitcher. Yeah, iTunes or Stitcher. Uh-huh. Awesome. Excellent. And if if you'd you like so to be on our podcast, you can just drop by nutritionheretic.com and contact us. Uh, you can check out all our podcasts at nutritionheretic.com slash podcast. Uh, like us on our Facebook page. Drop us a note. You want? You have a great idea for a show? Facebook.com, nutritionheretic. Twitter, we are at NutraHeretic, and we'd like to hear from you. And we'd also love to have you uh, rate or review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, because that's a really big help to us, and, and we certainly appreciate it. So, ladies, uh, Hilda, uh, an absolute pleasure meeting you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Same to you. This was a blast. Thank you so much, Hilda, for being on the show and, uh, and for hanging in there uh, and just giving us a totally different insight as to why we want to uh, to do this work, why we want to take care of ourselves and honor ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's Amen. been a pleasure, Adrian. Thank All right. you. Amen. That's right, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Have a good one. All right. Take care, you guys. I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye.